Welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. Welcome to Your Brain on Positive. And your brain is going to be really happy that you showed up today. This is a chance for you to understand that everyone can make a difference and you never, ever have to do it alone. And to help me bring that into your awareness in a more powerful way is Marbeth Dunn. Marbeth, 10 million. That is a very aspiring number. So you didn't start there. Can you give us a little bit about who you are and what's behind this movement? Woo! <laughs> 10 million for world peace. Yeah, I'm Marbeth Dunn. In 2018, I created the World Miracle Peace Experiment. I don't know if I actually created it. I woke up one morning and I downloaded it. And I'm going to be probably interrupting you because you said this whole long title and I want to get each word for it because it was really cool. All right. So what was it you started The World Miracle Peace Experiment. Okay. World Miracle Peace Experiment. I love the assumption of what was going to happen. What really happened with that experiment? What was that experiment about? That experiment was about a what happens when minds are joined in the field of of miracles. There's a field of energy that surrounds us. You know, it's been shown um, scientifically that we are basically beings of energy and that uh, we know our bodies appear to be solid. I know I sound very woo at this point, but it's been proven scientifically and scientists are coming around more and more to recognize that we are energy. We are fields of energy. And these fields of energy can merge with other fields of energy. And so what I did, I I was very familiar with some experiments that had been done. Um, Dr. John Hagelin is a famous quantum physicist who heads the Transcendental uh, Meditation Organization. I'm not sure of the name of it. It's probably called the National Transcendental Meditation. (laughs) But but, um, he was known in the 80s and 90s for bringing um, people to areas where there was a lot of violence, like Washington, D.C., and he would bring people in to do transcendental meditation. So the more people that he brought in, the lower the levels of violence dropped. So but the people went there physically to do that. And then uh, Dr. Lynn McTaggart had also written books about her intention experiment, about the field, that field that surrounds all of us. And so I woke up that morning and it was like, you're going to do an experiment. I go, okay, in two weeks. I'm like, what? (laughs) Two weeks? (laughs) Not possible. Oh, yes, you're going to do it in two weeks. Give me a little time. No. So we don't get to argue with the universe, do we? When it tells to tap us on the shoulder. Yeah, it was there. I got the shove. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And so um, two weeks later, I went on my conference line because I had organized people. I Luckily, at that time, I had an online business manager who orchestrated everything for me. And I had um, it, an email list and I had gone out on Facebook. So I had people from Japan and Australia and Europe and all over the U.S. and Canada that signed up to be part of this experiment. And so at noon on, I don't remember, it was sometime in April of that year, I went on my conference line and it crashed. So I said, wait a minute, we're going to do this live on Facebook. I'd never done a Facebook live. I got in front of, I got my phone hooked up. I did my very first Facebook live, seven minutes a day to world peace. This was the experiment. Ah. We meet in the field of love and peace and miracles. And, you know, everybody would just move into their heart space. I would guide them into this field where we would all meet together. And then we would focus our energy on our beautiful planet with a special focus on the Middle East. Why the Middle East? I knew you were going to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to assume it might have something to do with the extreme volatility in the region. The extreme volatility and the fact that I could get independent statistics from the, I found uh, an organization online. They don't know anything about me. It's called the ACLED and they measure statistics of violence in all different countries. So according to the ACLED, during the six months of this peace experiment, the level of violence in the Middle East dropped over 20%. Wow. Yeah. So that was very exciting. What happened? What happened with that wonderful knowledge and that wonderful experiment and being able to have it third party validated and being able to share that information in the world? How did the world respond? Well, nothing. (laughs) But... But it didn't it didn't go to waste at all, because now I was on my friend's podcast and she had a former diplomat from Australia who was now working for nuclear disarmament on her show. And Terry said to her friend, uh, tell her about your world peace experiment. So I did. And she said, well, you know, you really need to focus on world leaders. And it was like, oh, because I kept trying for years. I kept trying to redo the experiment, but I, I, I just wasn't getting that, that connection that, you know, I wasn't, a, it wasn't in alignment with what I was supposed to be doing at the time. That's wow. all I can say. So Terry and I looked at each other and said, let's do it. So that's how the 10 million for world peace.org became a game into being. And we brought in another partner, Maureen Whitehouse, who is, um, has uh, been teaching or has taught at Harvard Divinity School. And uh, so the three of us are teachers of peace. And it's very, very high value for us. And so we created a 501c3 nonprofit so that we could formally 
work together. And last time I did it, I, it was by the seat of my pants. It's usually the way I operate. And um, this is a, a whole different way of operating because the goal is so big. If And this is really fascinating too. Uh, Nostradamus, the, the famous visionary from the 1500s, who had all of these horrible predictions, and many of them came true, different world wars he predicted. There was a woman, uh, one of my volunteers sent me a video clip of, of Dolores Cannon. I'd never heard of her. Um, a woman who does past life regressions, or did, she passed about 10 years ago. And she had taken a client back into a past life, and it turns out she had been a student of Nostradamus. And so while Dolores was asking her client about life back then and working with the master, he said to her student, his student, I want to talk to her. So here, Dolores in the in the 20th century, not the 21st, because mm-hmm. she was last century, this was in the 80s, was in the 80s, and he was in the 1500s, alive and communicating with her. And he came, I mean, this sounds absolutely nuts, but... um, So so I'm going to break it down for people. In a relaxed, hypnotic kind of state for past life regression, the subject in their past life was a student of Nostradamus. And in that moment, there was a collapsing of time. And Nostradamus was able to communicate through his student who was Dolores's client, same person. Yes. So now Dolores and Nostradamus are having a conversation. Did I get it right? You got it perfectly right. Now the student did not, he wanted to um, revise all of the, there have been so many translations and um, interpretations of his prophecies they don't have really anything in common except that they're all kind of dire. And they were very cryptic because he lived during the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. And so he had to hide things or he would have ended up on the rack <laughs> at best. And so he he hid all of his, his prophecies in quatrains, little four-line mm-hmm. um, stanzas. And... Um, but when he, I want to bring us back to this moment because we're kind of left everybody hanging that there's oh, a yeah. conversation happening. So we're, so what he, happened? Yeah. So what happened was um, the client freaked out, did not want to be part of the project, and moved away to Alaska. But he said had said that there was another one of her uh, clients that she worked with a a student who was very open-minded and was, would be a very good subject that he would be able to come through her. So she was able to actually bring, and this whole thing was like a one in a million, one in 10 million. Well, the (laughs) the reality is that when we have, This is why I do this podcast, because when our brain is on positive, when we are connected to possibilities, these things that seem like they are one in a million happenstance, et cetera, are actually just the naturally occurring effect of being in alignment with what Lynn Taggart calls the field, with what I call my wise, intuitive, higher self or your wishbone. 
you know, so whatever language we use for it, the reality is that alignment is alignment is alignment. And what would seem to be impossible or at least miraculous becomes commonplace. Exactly. And so um, he was able to come through. Uh, I'm going to pause you at every pronoun. Thank you. We (laughs) want to make sure everything is very clear. He was able to come through her student and she was able, he was able to help her revise all of his predictions in a three volume set that, and she had recordings and, and, and uh, she wrote everything down, but what is, was most important for our, I bringing it back home for our 10 million for world peace. He said, I still have great hope for humanity. I have, I know that my predictions are, are horrible, but they do not need to happen. And when minds are joined, the power of the mind increases 10 times, tenfold. And so when we unite in peace, we unite and focus on peace, we can change the trajectory of the world. And therefore, our 10 million for world peace becomes 100 million by logic of Nostradamus, who also said that peace, once we focus on it and create it, will last for a thousand years. I'm up for that. Yeah. I am up for that. Awesome. Me too. (laughs) It's really interesting the way numbers play out. So my first question. Right. So when you did the first experiment and I didn't write down the year, but it sounded like it was almost 10 years ago. No, it was 2018. It was five years ago. Five years ago. Okay. So I knew I had messed up a timeline. All right. Five years ago, you were doing seven minutes a day for world peace with a focus on the Middle East. Yes. How many people participate? Oh, that's a very good question. I didn't have that many. I had 500 people sign up. Well, the first time, maybe 300 people signed up. Mm-hmm. And then I, I brought in other people to help with the meditations because it's a huge commitment to be uh, leading a meditation every day at noon. And, you know, sometimes where you are, the internet isn't working. Mm-hmm. Well. So, um, so, so there was a collaborative, collaborative. coordinating group. And I then there were brought all in other meditators. Yeah. And um, so that we were able to do it for six months. And I would say sometimes we might have 50 people on a call. Mm-hmm. A really good day, we'd have over 100. So it wasn't that many to affect that change. This is one of the things that, while in Nostradamus's time, aligned minds tenfold. What I've been hearing most recently, and especially coming through Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. is that one mind in alignment is more powerful than a hundred thousand. Or and actually, I think the number they are using is more significant than that. So 10 million for mm-hmm. peace is a lovely number. Because when you start multiplying that by the amplification effect that you have when you have more than one person involved, what you have is the tipping point. You potentially have a tipping point towards positivity in the world. 
towards peace. And there's not a lot of difference in my world between my brain on positive and this peaceful place that I tend to go where I have peace of mind. They're both sort of a similar experience for me. So let's talk about what's possible. You've gathered together some teachers of peace. So my first thing I want to know is, wait a minute, whoa, where do you teach peace? Is that through a university? Because you were mentioning some universities and things. Who studies peace? Um, Well, that's a great question. Who studies peace? I learned about peace through a course in miracles. And it has been um, the base of my work for the last 40 years. Um, It's basically non-denominational, although it was channeled from Jesus. It's non-denominational and um, it's not a path for everyone. But he basically says, think of me as your older brother. I I came here first and uh, I can you know, share this path with you and the teachings, you don't have to believe it. (laughs) Just try it. Marbeth, I understand. What I want to know is who studies this? Because you studied it through A Course of Miracles. Now you teach peace, you and the other people that are involved, that you've set up the nonprofit to do this 10 million for world peace. You've created this collaborative board. You all teach peace. Who are your students outside of this collaborative um, endeavor? Everybody we're in contact with because we're coming from a place of peace. And when you radiate peace out, for example, um, I used to have a condo on Miami Beach and I was remodeling it. When the workmen would come into my house, they would, you know, I had over and over, I would get this place is so peaceful. (laughs) got it okay so when you said teachers of peace you weren't meaning like a classroom where people come in and got it all right so however (laughs) however, our plan is with our 501c3 nonprofit is to create programs when you are experiencing peace within peace actually becomes joy you become happy and joyful from this place of inner peace. And then people around you, they want, they want more of that. And so um, we'll be teaching programs. And, uh, and we do on so many levels. I work with, with groups of people. And um, I, I'm just in the process of creating a new podcast called Imagine Peace, which I in which I'll be interviewing people like you. Oh, cool. Who, yeah, who who work with peace, who want, who have a vision of peace, of world peace. You know, we're collaborating with other organizations and and um, peacemakers. You know, so the more people that are involved, the more people become aware of it and recognize that. Oh, I don't have to be all stressed and full of drama. There's another way. I used to be stressed. <laughs> I used to be, I had a miserable life. <laughs> I had, I'm a 30 year stress management consultant. I and mean, this is what I was doing. And people say, why did you go into stress management? And I went, all three of my daughters were in high school at the same time. I needed all the help I could get. 
You teach what you need to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the truest thing in the world. And we've lost sight of that, Marybeth. If people don't get anything else out of this conversation other than that one piece of information, we teach what we most need to learn. What does that mean? We don't have to wait until we know it all before we start teaching what we know. Exactly. We're always teaching, as a matter of fact. The question is, what are you teaching? Are you teaching people around you to be stressed and and wound up? Are you teaching people to cast blame on each other, to not take responsibility? Are you teaching people to be peaceful? What are you teaching? Because everything we do, every thought that we think, everything that we say has impact. And I know you're you're probably thinking, what? No, that's not my crowd. My crowd absolutely does believe this, or they wouldn't be listening to me. Good. <laughs> if we don't have personal power, then people are not going to tune into something called your brain on positive because it is all about recognizing what Sean Aker said in his TEDx talk that the way we pursue success in our world is broken and backwards because we pushed happiness on the other side of success and the emotional state must come first. Exactly. And so that's how the title of my podcast came about. He said, your brain on positive, and he had all of the statistics and the sites, your brain on positive is 31% more productive than your brain on negative, neutral, or stressed. And he also said you're more profitable, 37% more likely to have people say yes to whatever you're offering than if you are at negative, neutral, or stressed. So the focus of the audience that you're talking to you're kind of preaching to the choir here. I and, love it. You know, is that these are, we are probably the participants in your experiment. Now, the first thing I want to know, when you did the first one in 2018. Yes. We're all, I know you ended up having to do them as Facebook lives, which is hysterical. Were any of them recorded per, for I, prosperity? I have them all. Awesome. Are they available on a YouTube channel or anything? They are. I don't have them live on YouTube, but but I I can actually flip the switch on that and and make them live. Um, My my brain always goes to what's the breadcrumb trail, okay? Because I run the messenger community, which is all about messaging, marketing, mindset, and money. And so my brain automatically goes to what's the breadcrumb trail that's going to help attract 10 million people? to what you're doing. And I'm going, you've got six months of daily recordings. Yeah. Just dripping those things out. If you, um, when do you have a date? Well, we won't. Oh, oh, yes. Let me tell you a little bit. Let me, let me, let me get that for the show notes. Okay. This is a little bit more timeless. What I'm wondering is if you just took your timeline. And then you divided the number of recordings you have by that timeline and started dripping them out X number per day or per week or whatever it looks like and saying, this is where we started and this is where we're going. And why don't you come along with us? That's and beautiful. Is, Thank you. So you're, you're very welcome. That's what was just coming to me. And I'm like, I better say this before I forget what it is. It was. Coming. Thank you. That's beautiful. And I have all these beautiful recordings. So mm-hmm. why not? Um, yeah. So here's our plan. Okay. 
to gather the, the 10 million people together, September 21st is World Peace Day. We are currently doing a meditation every Sunday at 1.11 p.m. Eastern. <clears throat> yeah, time zones matter. Yes, they do. If you're not able to make it, you can tune in and watch it again or, you know, for the first time. And your energy builds in, you know, with with the collective. Yes. It's amazing how that works. This yes. I call it the amplification of resonance. And so the bringing together people for a similar intention. And that's what I wanted to point out with your first experiment. You were like, it wasn't very many people. And I'm like, actually, it was. Yes, because of what we know about quantum physics now, the intention of everyone who signed up was still their intention, even if they were not physically on the Facebook. Exactly, exactly. The, The intention was still part of this amplification field. And it's still part of these original it meditations. Is. So I'm going to start posting them in the <laughs> meantime. Thank you very much. And um, so World Peace Day is September 21st. Mm-hmm. On September 1st, we're going to begin daily meditations. Got it. So the it's a 21-day experiment this time. Yes, 21 days to world peace. Got it. Thank you. Ten million for the This experiment is twenty-one days. Have you picked a focus, an area yes. of focus? What is it going we to be? We are focusing on world leaders. Got it. And the the reason, of course, is that world leaders are the ones that are making the decisions. And about- if they had peaceful hearts, they might make more peaceful decisions. That's the that's the idea. If we and could of course, their minds a little bit. The people who elected them. <laughs> well, you know, it's basically the focus is the planet with mm-hmm. a special emphasis on the leaders. And I have um, a different definition of leadership than most people. Good. I to assume that you're referring to leaders as in elected officials, rulers of countries, um, mm-hmm. heads of large organizations. And also in the smaller areas of government, the mayors, the governors, the, you know, local elected officials. Yep. All of them at all levels. All levels. Cool. The power of the idea that if the people who elected the officials participated They already have an energetic connection. Whether they voted for that person or not for that person matters not. They they have an energetic connection with them simply because they participated in the election. Makes sense. Yeah. So we can leverage or we uh, you can leverage the power of this. You're (laughs) You're part of this, too. Obviously, I am. There's no doubt that I am going to participate and that I will allow this to ripple out. You know, I'm I'm part of Givers University. I've actually realized that I'm on a trajectory to end up on their board of regents and be able to guide that. And that that university is guiding me. That community is guiding me. 
So they are just pre, pre, pre-launch. So they, it's not an organization anybody's heard of um, yet, and they will this year. And I did say givers. It's, that's the mindset of the culture that they are building. Beautiful. The experiment that you all did for six months was such a giving act. The experiment that you are now opening up to have 10 million people participate in is a very giving act because you're giving a focal point for everyone who hungers and yearns for more peace in the world. Yes. And it's not about ending anything. It is the one thing that Mother Teresa said that stuck stuck with me the most other than her conversations about money, which are legendary. Her, her, what she said and stuck with me the most was she said that she would never participate in an anti-war rally. But if they ever had you a peace movement- put your energy in she, what you don't want. She understood that in a way that most people don't. And the power of this is, and, and what's coming to me is she said that if you ever did something for peace, let her know. So if you have not found a way to reach out to her, her organization and say, she said, if you ever did a rally for peace, let her know. And we've got a rallying cry that will be participated with 10 million people. It's time to let her organization know. It's time to let every organization who has ever espoused that they would not participate in an anti-war rally, but they would participate in a peace movement. Those are your leaders to help you gather 10 million. I love it. That's what was coming to me in that moment. Beautiful, beautiful. I was speaking with a wonderful lady yesterday who has um, labyrinths. She has brought them into prisons. Mm-hmm. As she was telling me about how to reach out to the prison population, because there's so many people there that would love to participate in an another, another group would be the people who use, um, oh shoot, it'll come to me. They use uh, the language of ants for automatic negative thoughts, and they go into prisons and they have a very precise process that helps the prisoners understand that they are more alike than they are different. Beautiful. So it is bringing peace into the populations of prisons. And when I get that information out of my random access memory where it is bouncing around, I, I will share it with you. So what's happened during this podcast for anybody listening, just realize that what you're being a participant in is the planning and the evolving of a world peace project that is going to influence how we finish how we go into the third quarter of this year. And by the way, September is also in America, National Suicide Prevention. So we are always in my community at the Teen Suicide Prevention Society and our mission to end the need for suicide intervention programs. That's our mission is to make it where you don't need to have an intervention program because you never get hooked with suicidal thoughts in the first place. So that's, we are, we are a pure prevention provider, just like you are a pure peace focused movement. I I want to add something, which is also beneficial for people who are feeling troubled. When you participate in a project like this, when you start to extend love and peace to other people, 
you receive it at the same time. The past is past. Who have participated in the last experiment, you know, just said that it changed their lives. So we put our attention on our subconscious mind notices. So if people in any walk of life decide that, yes, they're going to put their attention on peace for the planet during this experiment time, that is not possible for them to come out of the experiment unchanged towards peacefulness. Doesn't mean it's not going to stir up everything that they've ever believed in the process. And so that's why this is an important conversation and why we will continue to have. What can you expect? Well, when you turn your attention to something and you focus on it consciously, you can expect that everything in the world that could distract you might show up. It would be okay. Go ahead and expect it. Go ahead and make a plan around it. The one thing I know about making plans to handle the distractions that might come up from old habits of thought is that once I have a plan to handle a hot it's not an event because once I have a plan, I don't need the, I don't need it anymore because I've already handled it in advance. So, yeah, so that's my, my thing. We're going to have more conversations. So what I'd like to do is plan a series of podcasts so that we can check in with each other, like, you know, every couple of weeks or at least once. I would love that, Jackie. Let's just make this happen. Yes. Seems like a good idea. I'm I'm creating, I I just began a brand new podcast called Imagine Peace. Mm -hmm. And I've begun interviewing and I'd love to have you as a guest on the podcast. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we're going to put that in the show notes. So if someone wants to be more involved, they want to be a guest on the Imagine Peace podcast, because I've got some people in mind for them, um, they'll be able to reach out to you. So we'll make sure that everything everyone needs to participate is in the show notes. And so that's really important. So if there was one thing that you want people to take away from our talk today, what do you want them to do, be, think, or have? From this. Just know that you have the power to change the world. One person can make a huge difference. I mean, I I didn't really know that. (laughs) I had heard it. I was told it, but I didn't really know it until I woke up that morning and was, you know, you're going to do this peace experiment by just joining in to a project like this, you are impacting the world. And you're impacting yourself at the same time. And I want to point out something you said that's really key for me. You talked about the fact that when you participate in something like this, that that the community benefit. You're tapping in at that moment into something that they studied at Harvard among students. They tried to find a correlation between the support that a student received from the community and their success, both at Harvard and in business later on and in life. And they couldn't find one. They realized they were asking the wrong question. When they started asking, what are you doing consistently to support your community? They found an 86% correlation between how involved you were with supporting other people and your success as a student, your success in business, and your success in life and relationships. So that was in uh, Sean Aker's most recent book that I've read, Beyond Happiness. 
or before happiness. Before happiness is what it's called. And they realized they'd been studying the wrong question. They'd been studying the wrong variable. And we know if we think about the most inspiring speeches of our country, there was one by John F. Kennedy where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask rather what you can do for your country. That rallying cry changed the trajectory of our country. Now we can have a similar rallying cry. Pray not for them to make peace, bring peace. Wait, don't wait for other people to figure it out. Just lead. This is my definition of leadership. I did say I have a different one and I'm going to share it now. And then we're going to wrap this up. I believe that the leader is not the one who says, follow me, even though they get the credit. I believe that true leadership is the person who says, I'll go first. So thank you, Maribeth, for going first. Thank you for listening to that voice and for losing the argument with it and (laughs) going for it. And thank you for allowing yourself to see the effect rather than focusing on the numbers. Because we've got way too much left brain focused on numbers going on right now. What would happen if you focused on the emotion? If you focused on the effect that you have? If you focused and noticed on, do I lighten up a room when I walk in or am I lightening up the room when I leave and walk out? We start to become more aware of that. Realize we lighten a room one way or the other. Which one do you want to be? And that's my question for everyone. You'll have all the links that you need to be able to participate in this amazing program. Thank you, Marbeth. Thank you, Jackie. This was awesome. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community, so we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 